Welcome to the Punk Rock Preschool Podcast with your host, Mr. G. For those about to learn, we salute you. Hello, party people. Thank you for joining us today on the Punk Rock Preschool Podcast where we are changing the world one classroom at a time. That classroom is your classroom. I'm your host, Jared Giller, Mr. G, and we have another fantastic interview planned for you today. I know I say that pretty much every week now, but that's because such amazing people want to be coming on the Punk Rock Preschool Podcast and be able to share all of their incredible knowledge with you and with me and with all of us. And it's just great. So I'm not going to talk anymore. I want to get right into this episode. And this is with Todd Nesloni. Todd is an author. He is a principal. He is a speaker. He does it all. There's so much more too, but I will let Todd tell you. So here he is. Hey, Todd, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Would you like to give a quick introduction and, and to quote your most recent TED Talk, tell your story? <laughs> well, thank you first for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm Todd Nesloni. I am an elementary school principal in Texas, um, and I'm also the co-author of the best-selling book, Kids Deserve It, and the author of my brand new book, Stories from Web. Um, I do traveling and speaking in addition to my principal job. So um, I'm just I'm passionate about education um, and passionate about working with kids. Awesome. And you just mentioned both your books. And one of the things that I love about your work, and we just talked about this, is the focus on story. And you just mentioned you have a new book out that features tons of stories from all different staff members. So I believe it's not just you writing it. It's your entire staff and your entire team stories from web, web being your school, web, web elementary. So I wanted to start off with, do you have a favorite story or a few favorite stories that you believe teachers or just people in general need to hear? And what are those stories? Oh my goodness. Are you talking about from the book itself? Anything, man, whatever you think is, a, whatever stories, cause I know kids deserve it has a lot of stories in it too. So well, whatever yeah. stories you're, you want to share, go ahead. Well, you know, Kids Deserve It was such a was such a, a book that came straight from Adam and mine's heart, and and we really just threw ourselves on the page. And when I finished it, I said I'd never write a book again. That I've had everything out there. And then I remember sitting, listening to some of my team talk, and their ideas were just brilliant. And the just this phrase came to my head that I was told a long time ago, and that was, if you're ever given a platform, make sure you amplify the voices of others louder than you amplify your own. And that's just something that stuck with me as my. Um, social media reach has kind of grown that I've always wanted to amplify others just as much as I amplify my own ideas and voice. And so I had this idea of, you know, every school talks about let's write a book together. And so I said, well, let's actually do it. And, um, you know, writing this book, we really wanted to write a book that wasn't just for educators. That was truly for anybody that has anything to do with kids. Um, what I love about stories from web is, you know, I wrote the whole book, but every chapter features a little insert from different staff, whether it's the school nurse, the custodian, I mean the cafeteria, the, uh, counselor, instructional aides, all kinds of people. And so I think, you know, some of the stories that stick out to me the most from the book are of course stories that deal with, um, kids and having to get kids, uh, having to really reach them. And then, but also things like dealing with grief and how to handle that or dealing with um, working through uh, situations that are outside of your control or dealing with how faith plays a role in our jobs. So, Do you have a particular story that, that, that you could share with the audience? Like if you could do it, well, uh, you know, whatever you want to go into. 
Yeah, you know, one story that really sticks out to me is one of the staff members wrote about suffering several miscarriages and how that really affected her um, and how that really changed her life um, and how the pain that she went through and how she learned how to grieve through that process. And it was a powerful story in and of itself, but I know when we released the book, another staff member caught her in the hall one day and went to her room and said, I just have to tell you something. And she started crying and my, the teacher was like, what's up? What's going on? She's like, I just have to let you know, I read your story in the book and I just wanted to thank you for sharing that because it made me feel like I'm not alone in what I went through. Mm. And it was kind of one of those powerful moments that, you know, a lot of what I talk about now is the importance of us sharing our stories and us telling parts of ourselves, whether it's professional or whether it's those personal pieces, because that's how we learn. That's how we connect. We build empathy. And every story is important and matters. And you don't really realize the impact your story can have on others until you start sharing it. And we have to get outside of this realm of what I have to say isn't that important or it isn't as good as somebody else or anything like that. So. That's awesome. I thank you for sharing that with with us. And what I'm hearing is just a lot of really great things. It sounds like you've built such a special culture at your school. And I'm going to ask you to toot your own horn a little here because it's always <laughs> been my experience that a great administrator and great leadership at a school is one of the most important, if not the most important factor in a school's success. And you know, if you don't have great administrators and, and great leaders that are making everyone feel inclusive and heard and part of a team, which it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing, then the school can suffer from that. So how has your leadership and this style that you've developed and this team atmosphere that, that and culture that it sounds like you've built, how has that impacted the work of teachers at your school? Well, you know, the first thing I want to say about culture is it's you never reach the final point. Mm -hmm. It's something you're always growing at. Um, and, you know, I've got 81 staff members and – when you have a group that large, even when you don't have a large group, there's always somebody who doesn't feel like they're seen in a certain moment or they're heard in a certain situation. And so it's a lot of it is me juggling and me making sure did I make my rounds? Did I check in on these people? Did I ask how they're doing? Did I let them know that I saw the work they did? Did I really value those things? Um, and it's a lot of work and, and, and I don't always do as well as I would like to at it. But I think it's one thing that administrators have to realize. It's something that you never reach the end of. You're always working on it and always growing through it because, you know, people always like to ask me, how do you get your teachers to do some of the things you want them to do? And it's because I'm in the trenches with them. I'm not just shooing lip service where I'm telling them they're wonderful and then I'm telling them, but I need you to do A, B, C, D. It's like, no, I'm down there in the mix with them and all that. Um, just like today, I mean, right before this interview, I just taught an hour and 15 minute lesson over inferencing in third grade using different novel series that I picked up. And so I, I always want to let them I understand what they're going through. Hold on one second. Let me get that. That was an awesome. Quincy, quiet boy. Quiet. We just got a new puppy. So I guess he's making his uh, his debut on the podcast that's right, right now. That's right. Yeah. So that that is something that that I think I mean, I just want to. Thank you for being that kind of administrator and setting that kind of example because just the effort, just the trying and being in the trenches, that means that means so much. Even if you can't be in every classroom all the time and there's always going to be some teachers that, that don't feel seen or that have concerns that aren't being addressed in that very moment. But if they know that you're trying and that you're available and that you're, you know, committed to working with them and working through anything, then sometimes that can just mitigate any of the other <laughs> 
kind of um, any other concerns that that exist. So, well, I, and you know, yeah. and and the one thing I want to point out too is, you know, even though my staff and I wrote a book together, and and we talk about all these amazing things, in no way are we a school that has it all together. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like that thing of, you know. We advertise a lot of the great stuff we do, but that's what you're supposed to do is advertise the great. And I really make sure we advertise some of the stuff we don't do as well too, but we're not the perfect school. And I don't think there ever is a perfect school. And we have to stop looking at this as like, oh, well, they're perfect. They just got it all together. It's like, no, I, as a principal, do a lot of things wrong that I have to continually apologize for or fix or do all kinds of things. So it's not that I know what I'm doing. I just keep at it until we figure out what works. Right. And I think that's something that you mentioned in in this most recent TED talk is that it's not just about sharing the stories of success, but it's also sharing those stories of struggle too, because that that's important for people to hear. It's important for people not to see something as absolutely perfect because it's always a journey and there's always room to grow. And I think the fact that you bring your audience along on that journey through the ups and the downs and the, the great things that happen and the not so great things that happen. I think that's part of what makes what you're doing really, really special. Well, you know, I really appreciate that. And that's something I've really been cognizant of. And, and, you know, the blog posts or the stories I've written that are really personal, but deal with tragedy or deal with struggles or the mistakes that I've made. Those have always been what people have connected with more. And it's just a reminder of when you reach a certain level of, I don't know what the right word is, notoriety, people Mm -hmm. need to see that you still make mistakes, that you still struggle with doubt, that you still have things that don't go well, because otherwise we we just feel like that they're, oh, they just have it all all together. I'm never going to be that person because I deal with the same thing. Yeah. And I I struggle with that sometimes too. Sometimes I will cut things out of the podcast when there's mistakes that that I make, or if I'm saying, um, or like too much, and I'm trying not to do that as much. Like, and I'm going to uh, commit to that by keeping the dog barking and growling in the background in this podcast episode to, to, in the, in the same spirit that, uh, you know, mistakes happen or not even mistakes, but just things don't always go as planned and that's okay. So I want to jump back into kids deserve it because it's an awesome title and because kids do deserve it, they deserve so much so they can grow up to be exactly who they want to be and do the things that they want to do. And one of the things that breaks my heart is when I see kids not getting the opportunities that they deserve. So this is an open-ended question because you wrote a whole book on it, but what did you have in mind when you wrote Kids Deserve It? And what are those things that every child deserves? Well, you know, when writing Kids Deserve It, it was just an idea of let's share some of these things that we've done in the idea of eliminating excuses where you can't say, I don't have the money. I don't have the support. I don't have help. I don't have this or that. It's like, if you truly believe that that's what's best for kids, you're going to figure out a way to make it work. Um, and you know, I've come from environments where we didn't have money and there was no parent support or there weren't staff members who were on board. And if you're really passionate about it, you still make it work. Um, because that's how we are. And so for me, I know, you know, when I think about what kids deserve, I think about just bringing them the best that we can all the time, even when it's a hard day, even when we have to fake it till we make it. It's just providing them those experiences because, you know, oftentimes we're we may be that only person in that child's life and we only get one chance to really educate them and spend time growing them. And so we can't miss that opportunity. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. I that's another thing that breaks my heart is hearing all these excuses. I just was doing some research for a project on education around the world. And it's amazing what the top performing schools around the world 
how they succeed with so much less than a lot of our classrooms have. Even exactly. our even our lowest stocked classrooms like are have so much more resources than a lot of classrooms in China. There are classrooms in China where kids are literally learning in caves and have to walk like two hours to a cave to to go to school, which is like mind blowing. And these kids are high performing and doing you know, doing really crazy great things. So there really is no excuse. And like you said, if people are going to make excuses, they're always going to find a reason for why it's not going to be as great as it can be in their classroom. But there's so many resources available to us and there's so much help that's available on the internet and just working with a team in your school that, that there, there really is no excuse and bringing your best to school every day is pretty great way to start chipping away at that. So I originally had a question about, you know, where can teachers get the confidence and the inspiration to, to take these risks and shake up the status quo, as you say. And, you know, I'm a little bit part rabble rouser, part disruptor. So that's got a pretty special place in my heart. And the idea of pushing boundaries and challenging conventional thinking, like that's right up the alley of this podcast. So I guess how do we as teachers get started on that path? I know you said we can just do our best, but how do we have that mindset shift where we can start challenging conventional thinking? Because for some people, that can be a scary idea, pushing boundaries, you know, challenging those things. Me of that quote of once you know better, you must do better. Hmm. And so um, I think part of it is educating yourself. So finding some great professional development books that will push your thinking and really challenge you, but also finding people who will do that for you. And you know, they may not be at your campus. You may be thinking, I don't have other educators who are innovative or pushing boundaries or will join me on this path. And that's where I always say, you know, social media really changed my life and saved my career because I was able to find other educators online who I was able to connect with and not only form lifelong friendships, but also people who were not an echo chamber. There are people who would tell me, you need to try harder, or that's not good enough, or this is another idea, or let's run and do this, or hey, do you want to partner on this? I mean, I can't tell you how many things I've done with people who weren't even in my state. I mean, Kids Deserve It was written, was written with a guy named Adam Welcome, where we only met one or two times before the book actually came out, because uh, he was in California and I was in Texas. My third book that I just turned in last month is written with a guy named Travis Crowder out of uh, North Carolina. And we've only met a couple times as well, and he's my best friend. And so just kind of thinking through those kind of things and knowing that social media is out there. So I always say, you know, that eliminated the excuses right there of my district doesn't have PD money or I can't get away or this or that. And, you know, when people say I don't have time to learn these new things, I always remind them that you have time for exactly what you choose to make time for. So it's okay to say other things are more important, but it's not really okay to say I don't have time because you do have time. It's just you have time for whatever you make time for. I think that's so true, and I think people need need to hear that kind of idea because there's a lot of times where people will say, oh, I, you know, I don't have the energy or the time, and it's really about making choices. You're choosing to spend your energy and time in a different place, and that's that's something that's kind of a – that's a big mindset shift for people to, to experience. I was in Teach for America and I ran into that stuff a lot where people would say, well, I don't have the time or the energy or any of the, or I can't make these types of choices, but it's just about choosing to spend that time and energy in different places. And the, your stories about social media are really in, inspiring that you've been able to collaborate and connect with so many people. And I hope you know this blossoms into one of those really fruitful 
connections as well. Um, yeah. And I wanted to, that segues really nicely because I have been wondering about Tech Ninja Todd and <laughs> how you came up with this awesome nickname. Is this a superhero alter ego? Is this your teaching persona or is this just, is this just you? <laughs> I wish it was more exciting than that. <laughs> uh, but no, you know, when I first got on social media, I kept thinking, you know, what do I want to do? What do I want to run with? And it was with a friend of mine, and we were thinking of just kind of a moniker of what we could run with. And we're like, hey, we could be the three Tech Ninjas because there were three of us. And so I'll be like, I'm Tech Ninja Todd. She was Tech Ninja Stacy. And so um, then, because at that time, I was doing a lot of technology work in what I was doing. So I was sharing a lot about technology, how I was using it in my classroom, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, now as an administrator, my focus has shifted a lot where I don't do as many presentations on technology as I was in the past. And so, but I haven't wanted to change the moniker because that's what I'm known for now. Right. And so everybody knows me as Tech Ninja Todd. And so if I were to change that, people would be like, well, we, we don't know what your handle is now because that's what we've all known you at forever. So... Yeah, I mean it's an awesome it's awesome branding. It's just a great nickname. It, it got me really interested, and I'm glad I finally got to ask you where where it came from. So you just mentioned this um, that you have another book coming out. So you're just a total workhorse, and I believe it's coming out in June called Sparks in the Dark. Am I right about that? You are correct. Awesome. So what can we expect with this book, and is there a place where we can pre-order it? So I am so stinking excited about this book. First of all, because I got to wrote it, write it, wrote it. I got to write it with Travis Crowder. And, you know, he is somebody whose writing and work that he's done in secondary English classrooms has just been, I have admired his writing so much. And um, when he, uh, when I brought the idea up to him and he jumped on board, I just couldn't believe it. Um, but Sparks in the Dark is a book about reading and writing instruction. So there's instructional practice and ideas, um, whether it's elementary, secondary, doesn't regardless of the subject uh, matter that you teach. So we talk about reading and writing and math and science class and all that. Um, and we talk about building it campus-wide, secondary and elementary. And it's just been – it was so much fun to write because it was so different for me than Kids Deserve It or Stories from Web because it was such a singular focus. Um, there's some research throughout as well. Um, and it's just, you know, reading and writing has become such a real passion of mine. If you follow me on social media, you, you would have noticed that shift about the last year as I've really been diving into a lot of literature, um, children's and young adult literature, especially with diverse characters, whether that's, um, physical diversity, religion, di religious diversity, cultural, um, skin, um, LGBT, all those kind of things, just showing how powerful, diverse texts can be not only in a child's life but in an adult's life and so the fact that i have a book about that coming out i'm so pumped it's not up for pre-sale yet um it probably will be in may um but we turned in the manuscript in early january and so we're just waiting on the first draft so we can do some more edits and then we'll be getting the cover out soon too awesome i'm very excited about that and then and when it comes out you know i'll be happy to link it and promote it and awesome let everybody know. And then um, I've noticed that, again, in that most recent TED Talk that you did, I think I remember you saying that your your co-author of this book sends you book recommendations like every week. Um, oh, my gosh. He is like hardcore with this. Like he reads more than anybody I know besides Donalyn Miller or like Jennifer Lagarde. But um, he will always say, OK, I've got a new book. It's really going to push you outside of your comfort zone, but I think you need to read it. And so um, – 
He's always helped me find great texts. Um, as I've been teaching some English language arts lessons in my school this year to really grow myself as an instructor because all my instructional practice when I was a teacher was math instruction. So I've been growing this year teaching ELAR lessons. And he, as well as a principal who's another great friend of mine named Stephen Lampkin up in Maryland, they've been both helping me design lessons. And so even yesterday I called uh, Travis and I said, hey, I said, I'm teaching a lesson over inferencing. I need some books. I said, I've got these. And he said, okay, take those and then pull this title and pull this title. And then, and I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. And so we planned the whole lesson all over the phone. And then I taught it today. And so, yeah, he's always given me great books to check out and read. That's awesome. I can hear the excitement in your voice around these kinds of ideas and around just pushing yourself to this, this, uh, this new frontier of, of education and pushing your own boundaries, which is kind of living what you talk about in, in your books. Um, it's definitely pushing myself and, and it's uncomfortable and it's scary because when I teach these lessons, I make the teacher stay in the room so that they can evaluate me and tell me how I can grow and be better because that's the whole point of this. I, I It's not me showing them how to teach. It's me saying, I'm going to teach this lesson, try to do a new idea and I need you to tell me if I sucked what I need to do better. And they've given great feedback so far. And so they've been like, okay, this is really uncomfortable to do with my principal. And I'm like, I don't care. I need to grow too. So I need you to help me. So it's been great. That's awesome. And that's probably super empowering for the teachers too, to feel that level of respect that you have for them to ask for their feedback and ask for their expertise and have them help you and kind of, you know, do a little role reversal, which I just think is, is really great. And I also think it's great that are you, you're allowing your teachers to to teach these kind of, you know, quote unquote, controversial books in school? Well, you know, we're an elementary campus. And so uh, some of the books that I'm reading and advertising are not books that I'm reading and advertising with my kids. Okay. For example, like The Hate You Give, Dear Martin, The 57 Bus, I'm Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter. Like those are some books that I definitely recommend for secondary and for all the adults that I speak to. But it's not books that I push with my kids. Um, I, I push other novels with my students, uh, like I push like Stanley will probably be fine or insignificant events in the life of a cactus or booked and crossover by Kwame Alexander. Um, so I, I definitely push diverse texts with my students, but not necessarily quote unquote controversial, I guess you could say just because right. of the age limits that I work with. And so I, I think it's awesome though, that, that you're, that you're open to all those ideas because because of the perspective building that comes with reading these kinds of texts where if you're just reading, I know there's a big movement for having stories about, and this is like why Black Panther had such success and not why it had such success, but I know it's a real rallying cry for people is having characters that look like the people that go to see the movie, which, you know, for in Black Panther, that's I know that's something that's really powerful for people. I just watched this awesome clip uh, with Jimmy Fallon and with Chadwick Boseman where people are like thanking a poster of Black Panther for what it means to them. And then Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman comes out from behind a curtain and like greets them. And you can just see how much it means to people to to have a film like this. And I think it's important that that you're promoting books and texts that also one, resonate for people that may not have their stories told all the time, but also tell those stories to people who aren't used to hearing them. And I think that's really important. And I know that that's something that, that you're passionate about. Um, 
So yeah, I just wanted to, to thank you on that if you want to add anything to it about the perspective building. Well, you know, I think you're exactly right. Um, I, I think of what my friend Travis Crowder talks about that he's read in books about uh, sli- uh, windows, mirrors, and sliding glass doors and how our kids need to see characters in books that look just like them. And it's our job as educators to provide that diversity. And it's out there. We just have to get it. Um, but it's also important that they see characters that are nothing like them as well so that they can gain empathy and build understanding people who are different because when you look at our country and the way it is right now we need that empathy more than ever definitely um so todd i i know that you're super busy i know it's been a really busy day and i know we've had some technical kind of issues on the podcast so (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna let you go thank you so much for coming on the punk rock preschool podcast i really appreciate you finding the time to come on and share all these awesome things that you've been up to and just just your thoughts and and your perspective because it's really valuable and needed out there so do you have any closing thoughts major takeaways that you want to finish off with to let everybody know this is this is the big thing or i know there's a lot of big things we talked about but i want to give you the floor for any closing thoughts well you know what i've been talking a lot about lately are two different things one is the importance of everybody realizing they have something important to share and for making sure they share their story whether it's through vlogging blogging, um, just talking to people in your hallway, at your school, things like that. Our stories need to be shared and we need to be out there telling other people because that's how we learn and grow. And the other one is just to be consuming as much literature as possible. Um, we, I, If I make 15 minutes every night and I listen to audiobooks on my drive to work. And so there's time that you can do to make that time, but the books will change your life. And if you say I'm just not a reader, you just haven't found the right book yet. And that's And I truly honestly believe that. I believe it as well. So uh, thanks again. I'll be sure to link to all of your books, your TED Talks, your website. I know you have a children's book, a link to that, your podcast, uh, your social media channels. And then I'll, I'll throw some links in for these books that, that you highly recommend, like The Hate You Give and, and like some of the other ones that you mentioned on the podcast. I'll go through and, and listen closely and write down the titles and find a link and put them in the show links so so everybody can can read like you just like you just said and find that book that that speaks to them um and so awesome. our audience can become really active participants in the kids deserve it movement and all the other movements that you're a part of so really todd thanks again for for coming on i, I really enjoyed this conversation thank you i appreciate being asked of course wow what a fantastic episode i know i learned a ton i know that there were a lot of great suggestions, recommendations, a lot of great just everything in this episode. This is why we do the Punk Rock Preschool Podcast, to bring you guys guests like Todd, who have so much to offer and so many interesting things inside of his brain and so much yet to come. So I hope you're now a big fan of Todd. You can find him at Tech Ninja Todd on social media. I will link to everything in the show notes. And as always, thank you for listening, and I hope you are one step closer to making the classroom of your dreams come true. Please follow us on social media. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and to our email list. I just redid the website a little bit, so different pop-ups, different. Hopefully, they're not bugging you with all the pop-ups like they might have been before. Go back to the website. Check out some new things. Check out our Teachers Pay Teachers. And until next time, keep rocking.